Hi everyone, I'm Sarah. My name's Nando. And, and you're welcome what? to Portal to the Paranormal. Thriller Podcast Live. Yeah. It's been a little while, um, so I hope everyone's doing well. And um, just getting some people into the room. So tonight we have um, two guests all joining way, us. All the way from Bonnie, Scotland. It's been a while. Uh, Paranormal in Histories. Very special guests, aren't they? Yeah. Scott Matthewson and Sarah Walker. So let's bring them on. Good evening, guys. How are you doing? Hi. Good evening. Thanks for having us. We're doing we're doing really well. It's yep. been um, excuse me if I keep disappearing. You know. But... Yeah, we we were just having a slight a quick chat with Scott, and if you notice, guys. Every so often, Scott will move and he just turns into the boggling head. He looks like a floating so, head and he's really he's spooky. Just... There we go. And what's so, the backdrop you've got on there, Scott? That's a great backdrop. That is, that's Greyfriars Cup in Edinburgh. Oh. Oh. Um, that's the... If you move, they'll see it. If I move, you'll see it. There you go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's where all the action's at, isn't it? Oh, they're back. I'm not. I'm not used to. I'm used to just the, the plain backdrop. <laughs> <laughs> Looks good though. And it, um, I well, yes and no. Greyfriars is it's a, it's, a, it's a beautiful place. We've been there. I don't know. I don't know many times. Hundreds, um, hundreds of times. Um, it's the reputation. It's the most haunted cut cap in the world. Um, and I'm not disrespecting it, but we've done a few investigations there before prior to us finding out that they're actually banned. Um, and we have never had anything. We picked up on a male spirit. Um, I, Gail, she's, she's one of us. Um, we picked up on a male spirit very briefly, wasn't it? You're talking seconds. Right, it was about a minute tops, I think. Right, it was really, really brief, and then it was gone. And that's the only connectivity we've ever had at Greyfriars. Um, I'm not saying that, you know, I'm not dissing, I'm not saying that people are wrong, but for your experience, we've never had anything. But you always get, you get people that say, oh, when you walk in, it's terrifying and, yeah. you know, we don't want to go in, but it's it's not terrifying, it's very, very peaceful. And the weird thing about Greyfriars that I've always found is, it's right in the heart of Edinburgh, it sits just below the castle, basically, and it sits on one of the main routes in and out of Edinburgh. Um, so you've got a lot of cars, buses, trucks, you know, tourists, it's constantly busy. As soon as you walk in the gates, it's like it takes you, you're stepping back in time, you know, to, you know, the 1600s. Um, and it's, you can't, you, you would actually need to go and experience it. As soon as you, and you, you know, you feel when you go in that you are surrounded by People, you know, spirit, whatever, watching you, but they're just standing watching. For those that don't know, especially the people watching, what is Greyfriars? What what was the purpose of it? Is it a graveyard? Is it a workhouse? It seems like I'm looking at the started out um, in the 1100s. Now, as Sarah disputes this wee bit, it started out as a kind of garden area. Um, the main burial spot in Edinburgh back then was St Giles Kirkyard, which sat down at the back of the cathedral. But when that was full, the authorities uh, partitioned Mary Queen of Scots 
and mm -hmm. asked if they could use Greyfriars um, to bury people. So the first burial in Greyfriars was in 1652. It takes its name. It's, the reason it's called Greyfriars is because in the 1100s, a group of Franciscan monks settled there. Um, and uh, the habits of the war were grey, basically. So you get grey friars. Oh. Kirkyard. Kirk is a, another Scottish word for a graveyard. So oh. grey friars, graveyard, grey friars. So that's where the, the name comes from. Um, so I actually started out as a kind of garden area. But after St. Giles kind of filled up, they needed somewhere else. And they asked, you know, the Queen can we use Greyfriars? And that's how it became a, a burial ground. Oh, brilliant. brilliant. And, you know, on the subject, you know, everyone has a start of coming into this field of the paranormal. How did you two get involved with the paranormal? Is it something that you've always been doing or how did it all come about? And paranormal in the history, how did that come about for you guys? Um, you want to go first? Well, I think Scott had been in... No, you tell me about first. <laughs> I've been at the paranormal for I don't know 30 plus years. I've always been interested in, you know, you know, the usual stuff, you know, watching horror films and all the rest of it. Um Jason Boys was always a big hero of mine. I know that sounds wrong, you know, just used to cut people up, but um, <laughs> and then as time went on in my kind of twenties, one of the guys I worked beside. He knew I was into it and he says, well, my uncle runs a spiritualist church in Glasgow, where I'm originally from. Do you want to go, you know, do you want to come along? So I started going there and I thought every Sunday I went there and um, seen various mediums and what have you. And that was me. I was just, uh, one night I went to a totally new church, never been here before, and I got stuff for the medium that nobody could have known. You know, she told me about a daughter I'd lost and, an ex-girlfriend, things that nobody could have known. So that kind of sealed the deal for me. And, you know, after that, I was just, I was watching all the usual ghost shows, reading books, you know, anything I could kind of get my hands on. I never actually started investigating until we started Paranormal History. You know, I'd watched the investigation, but I'd never actually started it. Um, and how we started is we met people. I got asked to go on a podcast two over two years ago. Um, I was one of the groups I was in. They says you want to come up. They had me done as a medium, you know. And um, so I went on the guys with that. I know you, you're a medium. I says no, I'm no medium. I'm no, I'm no. I say I'm no, I'm no anything. You know, your information's kind of wrong here. But um, and then people say, why don't you start your own group, your own channel? And so we decided, you know, why not? Um, let's just, so we, we did, we, when we first started it, we thought it's only going to last about a month or something. We'd never yeah. done anything like this before in our life. You, you know what it's like, you know, it's a, a new thing. So it'll probably last about a month and we'll either get fed up with it or just nobody's going to want to watch us, you know, um, and we'll just shut the doors. But it took off and... Um, that's how we came about. That's it. That's where the paranormal side came from. And I want to tell you about the history side of it. Whereas I don't really like the paranormal side of it. It was more a case of Scott wouldn't shut up. And <laughs> <laughs> so, day this with me, I'm not doing it myself. So I was like, right, fine. So 
I'm more into the history side. Yeah. So we decided to combine the two, and that's how paranormal and history came about. I was trying. We were trying to choose a name. You know, it's like you're trying to choose a name. Yeah. Mm. You don't want to choose something that's totally cheesy. You know, or you know, something that says, "Oh, come on, look at us." Thing. So we started with all different kind of ideas, and then we thought, "Well, you get a paranormal, and it's history." So what about the paranormal and the history? Yeah, that, that, that's a, a really good name because paranormal and history go in hand, like Sarah says quite a few times, hand in hand. So that's a really good name. If you go to some you know, old castle or any location that's really ancient, it's guaranteed to be stories of ghosts there, isn't there? Uh, you know, that's there is. You can't go anywhere paranormal. You can't go anywhere without there being history. So you know, sorry. Yeah, you go first. So you've got your own team, haven't you, Scott? Um, yeah. Is there yeah. anybody in there that's sensitive or like psychic or how many of yours is there? Uh, we've got two teams. We've got the Scottish team and we've got an, an American team as well. Oh, um, wow. On this side of the pond, we've got ourselves, we've got Gail, we've got Laura, um, uh, Laura's husband, Gail's husband, so that's six. Mm -hmm. And, and we've got two, we get two in, the in the background sort of thing um, that don't really come out a lot, but they're still part of the team, you know. Yeah. Um, Laura's a little sensitive. Um, I'm you know, just saying that as well. you go got to watch what you're saying. I only can. I can resist. <laughs> <laughs> well, sorry, Laura. I've got that was on a plate. That one. Come on, that was that was, <laughs> that was a kind of dad joke. But I think as far as abilities go, I think you and Laura are more in tune. I see, I don't call myself psychic or no offense to mediums, and but I don't believe in putting a label on it. Hmm. No. I just and I can I do pick on it's not all the time. I can pick up on spirit sometimes it can be weeks apart, you know, but it can be the day after the last day, sort of thing. Um but some people say, Oh, you must get a sensitive, you're a medium. And I I hate I don't I don't think you should label yourself. You know, you are what you are, and yeah. you know, anybody can put a hand up and say, Right, okay, right, I'm a medium. Mm. Yeah. It's the easiest thing in the world to do. But I do pick up on spirit. Um, Usually when you're doing random stuff, like walking around Tesco, and a name will pop into your head, you'll, and you shout it out in the middle of Tesco, and you're like, what are you talking about? Aye. <laughs> that's, it was a couple of years ago, but I, we were going down to uh, this village in the afternoon to meet up with this woman. And we'd never met before, but I went to Tesco in the morning, and I kept getting the name Isabella. In the back of my head, constantly this name Isabella. I just I came up the road of Saint Sarah, and I said, I "Keep getting this name, Isabella." So we went in the afternoon, met up with this, this lady, and her friend came along. We didn't even know who she was, um, and they're saying, well, "How's your day been?" And I said, "Well, I was in Tesco, and I kept getting this name, Isabella." And this what this lady's friend just froze basically, and said. Isabella's my grand, and I've been wanting her to let me know that she's about. Hey, Brian, buddy. Um, hey, Brian. That she's about, and so, so stuff like that will just pop into my head, and I can't explain it, you know. And 
But I wouldn't say I was psychic, but Laura can pick up on animals at times as well. Um, but we're just a normal team, you know, we're not anything fancy, we just... They were crazy. Aye, we're all nuts. Well, they, they, these two are nuts as well. You know, to be fair, you've got to be a little bit crazy to be happy to run in the dark in buildings and, you know, call that right. things. It's, it's not your normal kind of hobby, to no. be fair. It's but, not your average night out, is it? No, so, but <laughs> we, we enjoy it. It's a, it's a fun industry to be in and, you know, you learn a lot. But, you know, since doing this then, would you say that, not putting a label on you, Scott, but would you say that you're more open and you do feel a lot more since you've been doing the investigations? I, I, I think you do. I Randall, definitely, because I've spoken to a few people about this. You, you, you open yourself up without realising it. You know, the more you go to investigations and the more you take to do with the paranormal, it's like a barrier. You're kind of subconsciously, that barrier's coming down. You know, yeah. the longer you're in it, and so you do tend to pick up more and what have you without sort of realising it. Um, and it's stuff you can't explain, but I definitely the the longer you're into paranormal, the 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 more that barrier comes down, and I can't explain why. You know, it just it just happens. I think it's mm-hmm. because maybe you're starting. You know, we all believe in the paranormal, otherwise we wouldn't be here. You know, but you've got that very skeptic in you, which I think is really important to have. You've always got to have that wee bit skeptic in the background. Um, and I think the more you do investigations, the more evidence you gather, the greater your belief is. Yeah. yeah. Because your belief's greater, that barrier's coming down and down more. If that it's makes sense. adrenaline rush, isn't it? Sorry, though. It's an adrenaline rush, especially when something happens. You're terrified, yet you're excited at the same time. Oh, no, I run away. She's like, I should go in. No, you're right. As as an adrenaline rush, I mean, we were at two two weeks ago with a team called uh, Spig, who we've been at a few times with, and we were in uh, this building, and there was Drigger, David, and myself. We were doing the stairs, and we were walking to what is it? It's up on Facebook, I think. Um, and there was a set of swing doors, and the threes were standing in the corridor, and the door started to swing. Oh. Just, I was just about to go live. Oh, I was just, you know, I was just about, and the door started swinging. The nobody touched it, you know. Uh, and you get that kind of rush, you know. Oh, you know, you kind of, it's that take you back moment for you know. You stand by, yeah. and did that happen? Did we? Did yeah. the you see that door swing? But we're lucky it happened another twice on the light on the court on camera. Tried to debunk it and we couldn't. So I you do get that kind of um adrenaline rush. See if I was doing the stills after run away. I should have been off. Should have been. <laughs> but with, with what you were saying earlier, Sarah, you're more about the history side of things. Yeah. Right. Which is great. Because I think you got Scott loves the paranormal as well, but you're more history. But when you're at, I take it you go out on investigations with Scott sometimes? Yeah, I Yeah. when things like that happen, does it how how do you react? Like, you know, what's your sort of thought process when something's picked up or Scott comes up with something quite random that's relevant to the location? Or do they pick on you or do they try and communicate with you, the spirits? I get quite a lot of abuse when we're out <laughs> investigating. I will admit, I have had quite a lot of abuse in my time. 
Mm-hmm. Especially at Greyfriars. I get quite a bit of abuse that afternoon. I was usually called fatty or something. I get told, I get, oh, what was it they said? I get told to get out and then it, it came through, oh, you can't, you're too fat or something like that. And then I got laughed at. Is that on I, Yeah. Yeah. And then... And I that was in the, the Covenant or something? Uh-huh. No, it wasn't. It was at Mackenzie's time. So you with my memories like in it. My memory's shocking at times. And then, <laughs> uh, at a graveyard, and I get called a two-faced... What was it I called? Gal Davis just put that on there. Um, I think that must be a few. A two-faced cow, apparently. So, yeah. so, so you get quite the brunt from these spirits. And have you ever identified if it's like a male spirit that's doing it, or a female spirit, or is it just? No, I think it's just random. I don't think just it's random. It's never the same. Wow. Have any of you guys been attacked or like brought something back with you? Well, never. That so far we've been lucky that way. Um, we've never been attacked or brought anything back. I've been affected once mm-hmm. by by spirit. I know a lot of people, you know, think it's crap that spirit can affect you, but it can. I mean, you, I mean, Sarah. Also, you and I have done a few shows together, and Nando know me as well. I'm quite a laid back person. You know, yeah. you know, I don't get angry or whatever, but. We went to Canongate Cup one night, which is down the bottom end of uh, the Royal Mile. Um, it's like another Greyfriars, basically, and we get this overwhelming feeling that we weren't wanted there. Yeah. You know, we, we, we were not saying it was a demonic or anything. It was just a case of we were not wanted in that cut cap. Um, Sarah went back to the car. Yeah. yeah. And I went for a walk around the cut cap. Because that's what you do. If you mm. you're not wanted, you still go in. And when I came out, after I'd done the walk around, I came out to the car, I was furious. I was absolutely, I just wanted to punch somebody in the face. Wow. No, nobody had upset me. There was nobody in the cut car. I was just absolutely raging. And I couldn't, I couldn't explain why. Um, so we jumped in the car and drove up to Greyfriars. The further I got away from Canning Gate, the feeling just, Disappeared. I was oh. gone. No, I don't know if that's an attachment. You know, atta- I really, I don't know if that qualifies in, as an attachment. But something definitely did affect me by the time I walked through that graveyard, and I was absolutely raging. And then the feeling, ten minutes later, oh. I'm gone. And experiencing that, Scott, you know, going through something like that must play on your emotions a little bit. You know, you you're quite a laid back guy, nice guy, and then having that. You know, having yourself flipped into a totally different character. How did you process that feeling afterwards? So once you got home and you sort of digested and sort of thought about what had taken place, did it make you feel that maybe I shouldn't be doing this, or you know, how, how did go you back process and see if it? happens again, yeah. or somebody else? Yeah, I don't even you really can watch. You can go and make a cup of coffee and watch the horror film. You know, when we were going up to Greyfriars and in Greyfriars, I was thinking about, you know, that was weird, you know. Can't explain that. That was that was so strange. But when I got home, that you know, I was just a cup of coffee and horror felt back there, you go, and that was me. I just kind of got on with it. You know, I'm not saying I'm big and brave or anything, but I just kind of put out my mind and 
That was uh, that was it. Gail was saying mine what happened to my mum as well. Um Gail's mum came was the Caldwell. Yeah. Caldwell last year. And uh, we went on the Friday night and Caldwell was quite really it's really a, a very active place. It's a strange place. Strange place was really active. And Gail's mum had I'm not going to get kind of private term mum, but there was things happened, you know, um that um we couldn't explain that came for as far as we came for Caldwell, because the things she experienced tied in with stuff that we picked up on in previous investigations. Um but no so spirit I I spirit can affect you. Yeah. Um what kind of locations have you got up there in Scotland? Like I say, you've got loads of history, but what can you name drop a few just to, to people watching if they want to explore? Well, where have we been? Oh, of course, you. One name's of course, you. It's all right, we're down south. We're not going to poach any. We'll <laughs> <laughs> come up and visit you, mind, and we can take us with you. I'll, I'm not commenting on your show or anything, Sarah, but I've just realised that. Every time you're on with me, you have to do your accent, and you've not done it yet, even though it's all the way around. I've got a few written down, actually, and you could get. Yeah, you know, we, we always usually do it at the start, but you know, we'll, we'll let that one slide. <laughs> well, first of all, Nando's got a little present to show you. So you yeah, so my tribute because I tried to do the accent and I failed miserably. So I went to the shop and bought myself a big bottle of iron brew. <laughs> so that's my little. I don't know, Sarah, you were saying that you like the old bottle of wine brew, so, so let's, let's, she can do the accent. So I'll I'm try. I might be any good of it. I might, might sound a bit Chinese. So if I say <laughs> these phrases, you'll have to let me know if you can understand what I'm trying to say to you. Okay? Right. Mini a Michael makes a muckle. Well, Mini a Michael makes a muckle. Uh-huh. Many, many a Michael makes a mi muckle. Many a Michael makes a muckle. You know what I mean? I love it when she does it. Many a Michael makes a muckle. What's that meant to mean? Like many, lots of save your pennies. Does it mean save your pennies and you make more? To be honest, I don't actually know. I don't know either. I'm all the same. Have I said it right? Right, right. Yeah. Near a bygone. Um, that's quite embarrassing, isn't it? I don't know what the saying means. Oh. I'll find that out for you. <laughs> <laughs> You've heard of it, though, haven't you? I've heard it, I heard it. Try one more. Uh, one more. Mm, let me think. I've got one here. Um, go away and boil your head off. <laughs> away and boil your head. Yeah, that's it. Away and boil your head. Basically, you know, you're always floating at the moment. But. Well, I think Laura, Laura's going on about the previous one. It's to do with money. money. So, so Laura's sort of got the gist of that one. Uh, I got, I got one for the end. Awesome. But I, well, I saved that because you see that um, to who you think's talking all the rubbish, you know? So you make your brain don't be daft. I mean, talk, talk stupid. If you say I mean bow your head, that's basically um, what it means. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, funny balls. You like a good funny ball, don't you? 
And um, <laughs> you're a bit crabbit. You're crabbit. She always pronounces her R's, don't she? Oh. Yeah. And would you like to see me food? You what? <laughs> me food. Okay, I think we'll move on from that now. Hi, moving swiftly along, you yes. were calling it. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> nice one there. It's all right. All right, so going back, you know, so with locations, um, you know, one thing about Scotland, it is famous for many things, um, like their lively music culture, um, its whiskey distilleries, but also known for many paranormal sightings, um, one of which being in the Highlands. Um, and it includes the ghost of Isabel Galdai. Have I said that right? She no. was a she was put on trial um, for witchcraft in the 1600s. You know, when it comes to that side of um, the paranormal, you know, things like witchcraft. What what are your thoughts on that? Do you believe in that as well? Or... Well, we, last year we covered the witch trials um, with Witch Week, and we've also done a lot in mm. Pendle, um, we you know, Pendle and Forgotten Pendle with Simon Entwistle and various other people. The the witch trials to us, um, it was just basically lynch mobs. It was a way to get to get rid of, you know, a love rival, a land rival. If you felt like a neighbour, if there was somebody you didn't like, as soon as you know, as soon as the finger was pointed and the accusation, you were doomed basically. Um and if you were different, you know, and if you were maybe not, if you were maybe disabled, or yeah. if you didn't love the say, if you were into, you know, you get into herbs and plants and stuff, or you know, all this kind of, there were so so many things that you could be labelled a witch for that are normal ways of life these days. Um, and I think you know, in Scotland, I think the figures are six thousand. Executions for witchcraft. I, I, dare, I dare say, out of the six thousand, there was a majority that you know did dabble in the black arts, whatever you want to call it. But the majority of them, I would say, were, were innocent. Um, the witch trials, uh, in our opinion, were also another way to raise your stature in the eyes of the king. Mm -hmm. Because one of it was King James at first that started the whole witch thing, witch trials, what have you. And the more witches you executed, the more you were thought of by the king. I was also a money-making business as well. It was the market mm. auctions, you had the witch prickers. It was the same up here, you had witch prickers, etc. Um, and again, it was just a, a way to make money. Um, the land, wouldn't you? Um, I was one birthmark right here. I walked with the same with a mental illness. You were a witch. I mean, you know yourself, so the, the list is endless um, that you could be accused for. So I, the, the, the witch trials up here, to me, they were they're totally innocent. And they were recently pardoned. The, I think some of them were. Well, the majority of them were. Um, they were pardoned um, because they finally admitted that all these people were, were innocent. Um, and, and do you guys believe in the witches, like the stories of witchcraft and everything? Do you believe that there were witches amongst us back in the day, you know, and things like that? Aye, there's been many, many uh, stories about, you know, witchcraft and the found sites um, 
in Scotland where, um, how do you put it, you know, they've found evidence of witchcraft, you know, it's markings and stored and stuff, witchcraft's actual occult symbols and stuff. So yeah, there is proof that it did happen, that there were actual, you know, um, what, you know, the, the, the occult was practiced in Scotland. Um, but the majority of the, the other people, the other ones were just innocent people. But no, I definitely believe there was, and it probably still goes on to this day. Mm. You know, I dare say it does. Um, <clears throat> obviously, it's not as prominent as it was back in the 16, 1600s. Um, but I do believe either was definitely um, covens and rituals and stuff went on all over Scotland. I would say more up north Aye. than, you know, sort of where we are. <clears throat> Even though you did have the North Berwick witches, you uh, Paisley witches as well. I think it would have been more kind of up north where it was less populated. Yeah. Back then. Um, Which back then, it still is less populated. Well, aye. Okay, it still is. You know, you go beyond Perth, there's nobody there. You know, you be to even to this day, there's no bugger there. Um, so I think further north, it was maybe, especially maybe Inverness or the Black Isle, um, mm. connected there as well. Have you got any urban legends or like stories of of some sort of like? Oh, sorry. Right, let me go and sort yeah. them out. You oh, carry sorry, on yeah. talking. Sorry about that. We've got a situation. Yeah. Have you got any urban urban legends or stories of of uh, the old days or anything that that you can come to mind? Urban legends. Yeah. Still a bit here. Yeah. Good old ghost story that's like talk of the town. You got the Gorbals vampire. You got a vampire? Well, the Gorbals vampire, that's a kind of urban legend in Glasgow. Um, and there's been so many teams, I say, Loris had popped up there, Gorbals vampire. There's been so many teams investigated, you know, the necropolis and what have you. But how do you say it was a comic book back in 1957-58 that came out. Now, the Gorbals is an area in Glasgow. Back then, it was one of the kind of poorer areas. What happened was this story came out in a, a comic book about this tall figure, you know, iron fangs and stuff. Um, so a group of kids for the Gorbals. There's a, a, a graveyard in the Gorbals as well. A group of kids decided we're going to go and hunt the vampire. You know, as kids do, we've, we've all done it when we were young, you know, we're going to go and hunt for ghosts and you read it in a book. And So these kids came back and says they'd found the Gorbals vampire. And for some reason, adults believed them. Wow. So this, and the police get involved as well. So this kind of started a mass hysteria that there was this, you know, eight foot tall figure with iron teeth kicking about. The south side of Glasgow, you know. It was eating a child every day. It was eating a child every day. You know, one wow. child was getting eaten by this. So people actually believed this. And to this day, it's quite funny actually because teams go to the necropolis in Glasgow, in the centre, central of Glasgow, which is a massive, massive graveyard. Um, and they say, we found the Gorbals vampire, you know, we picked up on him, he's definitely here, blah, blah, blah. 
but they're in the wrong graveyard. There's two necropolis in Glasgow. There's one in the centre and there's a southern one, which is about two and a half, three miles south of the main one. That's where the story originated from. Because these teams are going to the central one and say that they found them, and it always makes me laugh because they're in the wrong location. And they found his grave. And they, found, they say they found his grave in the necropolis as well. And one team even went as far to say we found his grave and somebody's freshly painted the railings around it. Wow. You know? And it's just so... I don't know if that would count as a, an urban legend, but as a glass region, it really annoys me. Yeah. You know, these people go in there and they'll say, oh, we found this grave, and first thing comes to my head is, excuse the French, you're in the wrong bloody place. Yeah. <laughs> You know, and there's no evidence either. It's all just hearsay, isn't it? Aye, that's, uh, you know, you're about three miles north of where you should be, hmm. you know. So, you know, go to the other one. And it all just stemmed for a comic book. But for some reason, it caught on, caused masses. Even the police were involved in this. Hmm. Uh, but they just created some graves as well, didn't they? Aye, people that were, they were digging up graves saying, oh, this is where he is, this is where he's but I think I've disappeared in her head mm. or something. I look like my head coming out of that grave there. Did you see that? Did you <laughs> see that? <laughs> <laughs> your head is just floating. Yeah. You've got a question, haven't you? But it's, it's like you're saying, you know, people, you know, doing these investigations and basically making things up. You know, one thing I've learned from, you know, taking part in doing this, there is a lot of people that, that just make things up and it makes everyone, I don't know if you would agree to this, but we as a team, we like to be very honest with people that we talk to, you know, when we're out on investigations, if, if nothing's happened, if nothing's happening on investigation, we'll sit there and just start having a chat about random things. But mm -hmm. you do get teams yeah. that make things up and make up something's going on. Yeah. And it just ruins it for everyone because everyone in the paranormal industry you know, sort of gets put into yeah. the same bracket, don't they? Do you know what I mean? It's like very yeah. We do say to our disappointing. Guests, we do say to our guests, if you think it, feel it, say it. You know, if, if you can smell Hi, smell anything, just to say it. it. You know, we help to open them up to their paranormal experience because we always say that everyone has a certain amount of sort of um, psychic psychic ability in mm. them. But mm -hmm. then you do get those, some of them that are obviously full of haggis, if you know what I mean. <laughs> that they're just they just blatant feel like they just want to be a bit me 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 don't they it's just a yeah, sport you can, because it's you, can, you can you can guess them ones but, you can they're obvious aren't they ruins the evening I yeah think. you've you got know. a question that you're dying to ask yes and it one. may sound a bit <laughs> daft no i don't think but no, you I guys so. living in scotland all your I, lives well, you I know. Think is the question right I mean, I don't, me, and, me and scott i'll be honest we did touch base on this um the other night because it was one thing that you know it's been heavily televised over the years the internet you know all the time um Loch Ness Monster you know it's you know something is one of the big things in Scotland you know there's been documentaries about it so many times and I just want to get your your guys take on it you know have you guys ever tried to look into it yourselves or do what you, do you believe make? in it what about you Sarah let's start with you Sarah what, what's your take on Loch Ness or Lockie or... I think that there was or is something in the lock, but I don't think it's a big monster that they're 
that's the way it's been made out. It's probably so, so the pictures, you know, so the pictures, there's a lot of pictures of, you know, like a, a big monster appearing out with a long neck, you know, so do, would you, in your opinion, think that people are just making these pictures up and... I think the most famous one was took by a Chinese photographer and it turned out that he'd made a raft and put it in the water and took the picture yeah. to I make it out. Um, um, where do you start with Nessie? You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll always give you two sides to, to the, the, the story. Nessie is as a kind of Scottish, you know, I don't know, you, you know, I don't know, you, what you call her, Scottish legend, you know, probably one of the most famous Scottish legends, Nessie, you know. Every going about sort of walk Nessie, every shop you get any, you get all the wee toys, you know, key rings, everything, you name it. Some people say that it's a dinosaur that was trapped here. Mm. Um, I don't think it's part of I think it's possible a new or undiscovered marine life form. That's what I see. Yeah. A lot of people say there's a dinosaur that was trapped here um, with ices and what have you, but if you think how many millions of years ago that was, you've got a dinosaur in Loch Ness that's maybe 20, 30 million years old. Mm. Do you know, I think you need to think it that way as well. Um, I the, People have been searching for decades, you know, and they've used all types of equipment. They have picked up stuff in the lot that they can't explain. Shapes and stuff like that. Um, Loch Ness is a sea lot and okay. it opens, you know, it opens to the sea, basically. Matthew, and it's 27 miles long. Yeah. Um, the actual depth, I'm not sure the depth, but it's pretty deep and there's numerous underwater caves. Okay. There is something, but what I think is it's a descendant of what I've, you know, yeah, it's some kind of you know, what says as well, some kind of sea creature that comes in and out of the rock. Yeah, that's why they've never actually been able to pin it down mm -hmm. for what you know, um, that it's only picked up randomly. So, mm -hmm. I believe what it is, I don't know, is it a big dinosaur with big. Flippers and stuff. Yeah. I, 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 well, I don't. I don't think so. I'd say it's maybe some kind of marine life. You know, I, I agree with what that we've not been identified. Oh, what a horse! It's just amazing because <laughs> it's, it's a story that's been on TV yeah. and again on the internet for so many years. You know, but they've never. You know, a lot of the pictures. If you have looked, because after I was speaking to you, Scott, about it, I'll be honest, I went on the internet and then I started looking at pictures and. You know, a lot of the pictures that I was seeing was very, like, muffled pictures, like blurry pictures. There was nothing actually, you know, hard evidence to say this is definitely something. You can always sort of say someone's put, like, do you know when you insert, like, another picture into a photo mm -hmm. and then you sort of, you know, you blend it into the photo to make it look as real as possible? Some of them look like that and it's... That ocean is massive, though, isn't it? God knows what's in there. And sea creatures did exist, so... It could just, you, you don't know, do you? Either that or my other theory is that when Alistair Crowley was conjuring up that demon and he gave up and had a burger, I reckon he might have conjured up the Dotless Monster. And stuck it in the lot. Yeah. It's a beautiful place, though, isn't it? It's a beautiful part of school. I mean, I used to drive, I drove trucks for 
years and years, and I was up there every week, every Wednesday. That was my route coming back down from Inverness. And I spent many a night, you know, because I'd run out of driving hours and laybys on the banks of Loch Ness. Um, and during the summer, I swam in it a couple of times as well, you know, because wow. I used to pack up about five, five o'clock tea time, and you were there till maybe four or five the next day, you know, because you had to take your break. So, yeah. Beautiful summer's night. You're sitting, you know, you're sitting at the banks of the loft. You ain't going for a wee, a wee paddle and what have you. And I, you know, you, when you're swimming in it, it is at the back of your head that Nessie might bite your butt. You know, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I spent many, many a night sitting just looking at, you know, parts of the loft. As I say, it's 27 mile long, so you can't see the whole thing at one time. And occasionally you think you see a wee ripple in the waves and what, and also yeah. your mind takes it. It's the same as paranormal yeah. investigating. You might see yeah. a wee shadow, a lighter, and you think, what was that? So, I mean, mm. you sit up there and you think, that was a wee ripple in the waves. I wonder if that, so you start watching and watching. But yeah. the photographs in Ando Eye, there's one famous photo, it's a black and white one. It's got the long neck coming out of the water. And yeah. For years, everybody believed that was that was a fake. It turned out it was a fake. They proved it was a fake photograph, and uh, they got the guy that done it. The, oh, that's what I was talking. Was that about. a Chinese guy? I didn't yeah. know if he was Chinese, but for years people believed I'm sure it was Chinese. that was Nessie, and then it was finally came out and all. And people, I mean, people went to ridiculous lengths using tires, you know, yeah, tires together and put them in the wall and said that's the three humps. And the trouble was. A lot of people believe it. No disrespect to everybody's got their own beliefs and what have you. Yeah. But you throw three tires in Loch Ness and take a photo, you're going to get somebody who's going to believe it. Yeah, definitely. Well, a lot of people do because they spend a lot of their time going to, you know, that part to see if they can get a sight in. And, they, you know, even to this day, it's still very popular for people to, yeah. you know, go and do tests, you know, put things underwater, see if they can capture anything. And it's just one of those things that, it's been up for so many years, but no hard evidence to actually show it's a Loch Ness monster. Mm. And it was just, yeah, it was one of my burning questions to ask you guys to see what your take was there mm. on it. I, I do believe. Did you not believe... do pictures and stuff? The what? Did they not do like the high tech imaging and all that? Aye, they've done. There's been, you know, scientists from all over the world in Loch Ness, you know, using what, you know, space, space age equipment and all the rest. Of it. And I, they have picked up stuff. But they've never been able to explain what you know, whereas I found what it actually yeah. is. And so I believe there is there is something, you know, but but then the other side of the coin is do we want to know? No, because it sort of ruins the, the the excitement. The excitement program. And once you know, that's it, that's the end of that story. For yeah. so many years, you know, it's one of those the stories of Scotland is very popular for and no, you wouldn't want to yeah. get the result, the really. Tourists, tourists would, yeah, would love it. They'd flock there, wouldn't they, if it was real? Yeah, yeah. The way you saw that, this is real. You know, here's all the evidence, and people would flock, but then it kind of takes a, a, a mystery, part of the mystery away. Magic yeah. away, yeah. You know, I, and it, I think it would take a bit of Scotland away for it as well. Yeah, definitely. You know, that why so that's what I mean would they ever want to find out somebody was to say to me right do you want to know for I would say none really you just know. leave the mystery as it is and let it just I, just, just keep going and keep going 
let people have their own beliefs, let them go hunting for a, you, you know, for Nessie and whatever, and just let it as it is. You know, that's, that's my thoughts on it. Why do you think it's called Nessie? Why do you think it's been... Loch Ness. Oh. Loch Ness Monster. So it's Scott, Nessie. Yes. We'd like to ask you about your methods. Are you into Victorian methods or like scientific methods or a little bit of both? Do you have experiments that you like using the most or are you... We'll ask you about the EVPs later as well, but yeah, what what are you? What kind of methods do you like using? I think we kind of mix we, on how we investigate. We don't. And we I don't think it depends on location as well. If it's a fairly new location, then we kind of we'll tend to stick to fairly new things. Yeah. But kind of older locations, that's when we try and go more old school yeah. with like the compass and the. That the clothesline. My, my clothesline. Close <laughs> oh, I remember you telling me about this. Um, that you put some rags on it or something and this and and pin it up. It's basically just a clothesline with bits of it. one of Scott's old t-shirts ripped and we put a candle under it. And if the candle's obviously moving, then it shows there's a breeze. But if the candle's still in the Let's a fabric move, then it's. But you know it's not a draft because the yeah. candle's still burning, you know. Mm. Yeah. I know people argue the candle generates heat, which can move it, but you don't put the candle right underneath. You put the candle just a wee bit of distance away from it so the heat's no rising underneath the material. We we don't have any set kind of. I'm not a tech fan, as people know. I, you know, I don't know anything about it. So the key to me are the cat balls, the sort of basic stuff that a five year old can use. That's my kind of stuff, you know. Otherwise, I'd break the other stuff, probably try to use it, you know. When we done the Ivy House in March with Charlie and Ross and uh, other, um, Ross Seaman, what have you, uh, Charlie handed me this this thing, looked like a, I don't know, a computer. And he said, you know, try this, mate. And Did I don't know if he's going to watch this or not. Was it a computer? Was it a computer? But he went back up the stairs and left me with this thing. And I didn't have a clue what to do with it. I was sitting in the floor and I was like, you know, how do you use this, you know? So I, I think I like kind of basic methods. We can, a lot of way of thinking is if, you're, if you've got a spirit for the 1500s, 1600s, whatever, they don't have a clue what an SLS camera is and stuff like that, you know? So yeah. if you're kind of based, I'm not saying that there were, Stupid or anything, you know, but obviously that stuff isn't about then. Um, no. they're, they're going to understand a bit of rope more than they're going to understand an SLS camera or a bottle of water. I bought it's something we've not tried yet. Um, yeah. the thing key to me, I call that. I know people say touch this device, I usually just say touch that box because even back then they would know what a box is. Um, so we don't really have any set. Part of me, we've been looking at old school stuff and we've tried a few things and I think we're going to kind of head down that road to try and get back to basic methods um, because they seem to have worked for us. Laura, we tried an experiment about a month ago, somewhere like Laura has problems with her hearing and she had, a, she called it a hearing device. It was like a set of headphones with a kind of microphone attached to it. Mm. So what we did was this thing picks up, you know, just about everything. 
we went to Kowanin Abbey one night and we put Laura in, in a corner and we stood in another corner and we had a whiteboard and we done it, we done it live and we asked people on the chat to put something in the chat that they wanted us to um, put on the board. So the first one was a circle. Now Laura, she couldn't see what we were putting on and we didn't say it out loud. So I drew a circle and I just said, Spirit, can you tell me what I put in this book? And um, it took a few minutes, but Laura came back with me. I'm getting some. Um, and we get four kind of results out of that. Four different answers that tied in with what was to on the To be fair, board. I think we would have got a lot more if my drawing was not absolute. Well, I Sarah's drawing was a bit. But, you know, so it was basic. Um, and I think this is the trouble with paranormal as well. I think the paranormal is getting too technical. You know, yeah, just yeah. people calling out sometimes in the EVP recorder, or you know, even you know, have you done a Ouija board? Are you into them? I've done it once, and it was yeah. part of the deal that I made with GSI. They drank a can of iron brew, actually. <laughs> <laughs> they can be easily influenced, though, can't they? Um, and I found I found it quite relaxing. I've only done it for about 10 minutes. I found it quite relaxing. I don't know if that's normal or not. As long as you say goodbye. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't choose to use Ouija board and relaxing in the same sentence, no. if I'm honest. Um, Depends who you get. It's really, always because it? you hear so many stories about mm -hmm. the Ouija board. It's sort of like, yeah. So I'm, I'm weird then. But no, I mean, tech wise, I mean, we've got various gadgets and what have you, but we don't have any preference and we don't have, we don't go with any kind of plan to what we're going to do you know it just we don't go out absolutely rigged up either we don't have like five L sls cameras and we've got one to be fair i mean we're seeing these investigators don't disrespect them on you know youtube and what have you there's one particular guy in the edinburgh area and every time he goes out you think he's going to invade iraq or something you know the way he's got everything well um he's got so it takes him about two hours to set up um but he's got every gadget under the sun and mm. he he puts them all together and the one the one sport you know and when he, he lights them all up and it's like i don't know something that's special it's just all lit up he done it in Greyfriars one night in a tomb and the whole tomb is lit up with oh, all laser pins. Laser pins. he never go a thing you know, you've got one idiot to get nothing. You know, I thought it was so funny, but it's just my success of humour. Um, yes, see, I tell you, don't they? I mean, the guests that we take out, they want to use it all. And, of course, we want to accommodate them and they want yeah. to experience everything. But I think each to your own. Sometimes you don't need all that stuff. But sometimes it's fun just to to have a go and see what happens. Yeah. Uh, that's, uh, I, I always say that, you know, everywhere, you can go be, you know, uh, a camera, a cat ball, and a torch. Yeah. At the end of the day, that's, you know, basically, you know, and if you sit long enough and you ask the spirit to light the ball, if you get that ball lighting up, and that's the result. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Okay. It, it's like Sarah's saying, it's everyone to their own, what they yeah. feel comfortable doing and what they believe. It's, you know, this industry is based on different opinions and everyone's entitled to do the way they want to do things but with your experiments and communicating with spirits in your opinion this more on the spirit side when you do communicate with them 
do you feel spirits are um even when they're past their intelligence know that they're moving on in time so they're in the present where we are or do you think spirits are always stuck to the moment of when they died so the periods you know so when you go to these locations you know do you think the spirits are roaming the buildings like it was when they were alive or do you feel that they're intelligent enough that they know that they're in the present and they've moved on centuries and things like that you want you want to go first no you can go i think it's both i think it's definitely both we've done investigations where like caldwell for instance and um, we done we spent about two months at Caldwell. I don't know how many investigations we've done, but we picked up on both residual and intelligent spirits. Yeah. We seem to pick up on the residual more listening back to you know our recordings. Um one particular recording was a, a lift shaft. We could hear a lift going and we were sitting right next to what used to be the old lift shaft. Jennifer for American team she could hear about sounding like horses on cobblestones, which would tie in with the courtyard that was just outside the door. So we picked up various things that were residual hauntings. Um, but then we have picked up where spirit has answered us to what questions we've asked. So mm -hmm. I think I I think it's both. And but you know yourself, the paranormal, you know. You see, can spirits see each other as well? We believe they can. We've got one recording where it's with three or four spirits beside us, and there's a woman out there telling the other one, shh, they can see us. Yeah. So you think they can, the spirits can communicate with each other oh. in the spirit world as well, not just... amongst each other sometimes. You can hear them. A hundred yeah, I mean, I always say that spirits the same as us, except they don't have a physical body. That's the only difference. And the you intelligent know. knocking as well, when you say once for no and twice for yes, when they start doing that, that's that, that's amazing when that happens. And that's yeah. that's definitely answering your questions. Or even on the K2, when they light up and you ask them yes, no questions, or can you go up to red, or it, mm. that, that is amazing as well. I, you know, you can't, I know a lot of people... K2 it can be manipulated and there's a lot, you know, in radio waves now. But as you say, say, when you get you ask it to go to yellow or red and it does it and then drops back down. And that, you know, that's all it does. Um and I I do believe they can see us, they can hear us. I do believe they remember us. Mm -hmm. The time thing, you see, this is something I've always wondered as well. Do they have a concept of time? Yeah. Um, for example, say you go to a graveyard on a Saturday, you know, and you, and you pick up my guy, maybe called Fred, for example. Mm -hmm. You go back the following Saturday, and again, you pick up this guy called Fred. Now, yeah. to us, it's been a week. You know, so, you know, that's a week since we heard from Fred. I've always wondered, well, to Fred, is it a week? Or is no time passed at all for him? Yeah. And can they travel as well? Can they travel from one place to another? Because same spirit can haunt two different locations as long as they've been there, I assume, or it's special to them. Yeah, you, you, you talk about, like you say, you know, multiple sightings of the same spirit. Yeah, but yeah. in different locations. Say they went home and sat in the chair, but then they love to go fishing by a, a pond or something, only as an example. 
and it's the same spirit being sat there like i don't know like a bit like astro projection i guess but i, 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 believe, I believe you can i believe you can um obviously nobody's getting 100 percent answers but i believe that when we do pass over you can go where you like basically i know a lot of people say there's a spirit trapped here you know um for whatever reason but no i believe that when you pass over if you want to go sit in a boat or sit in a bus you know whatever then you, you you're free to come and go as you please basically yeah so so do you feel that spirits are intelligent enough to do what they want and make a decision still in the spirit world i i, I believe spirit still has a capacity to to learn and spirit and this is a question that we have asked as well with cameras getting turned off you know for example we've had cameras turned off in investigations and then turned back on again mm. anybody touching them uh with the cameras turned off and stayed off um that happened recently didn't it uh one of our cameras yeah let's say it explain she's a tech genius when you turn our cameras off if you actually manually turn them off, it makes a wee, a wee noise. Like a beeping, like a shutdown beep. Uh -huh. But <laughs> if, it, if it dies, then it doesn't make that noise. Okay. We were at a private location a couple of weekends ago, and we were sitting, and we were just talking, I think we were having a break at this point, and you heard the wee jingle that the camera makes when it went off, as if somebody had actually clicked it off. So Scott went to look at the camera and it still with what, three quarters of a battery? After the camera was off, I turned it back on and it started with three quarters of a battery on it. Then nobody had been near that camera because we were always sitting in the same room. And so I believe Spirit has the capacity to learn and yeah. watch and learn how. Now, a lot of people might think it's crazy, you know, but, you know, we can't prove it, we can't disprove it, but... To me, I believe Spirit Eye has the capacity to keep on learning. And if they watch you enough turning a camera off, you say, well, I remember, I remember how he did that. I'm going to turn that camera, I'm going to turn yeah. that and bang your cameras off. So effectively what you're saying, that the spirits, every time we do an investigation with certain equipment, they're listening, they're learning. We're, we're teaching the spirits we had, how to communicate with us then, in a way. We had an experience in Fort Woodley with a white washboard and a... Do you remember Nando? And we had a, a, like a, a pen that was attached to a planchette, and we put the camera in front of it with a full battery, and it drained. And, drained and the this battery. was my camera. Was so your... before we went to this location, I had charged every camera yeah. in, in our box overnight. And one of um, our teammates, Jojo, she had a a table built, and literally um, like um, it was a sharpie pen, wasn't like it? a sharpie pen, but put inside like a a planchette. And we 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 just left it in the middle, right? And then we went to the other part of the, the camera in front of it, didn't you? Yeah, we set the camera up, switched it on, and we went to the other tunnels and we carried on doing another investigation. And we come back and literally from the middle, a line had been drawn, like a thick, a thick zigzaggy line. And I was mm -hmm. like, this is brilliant. I've got the camera on. I went to... We, we come back and we downloaded all the files onto the computer, onto the TV. All the files weren't able to be played. No. For some reason, they had all come up with like a failed, and it's never happened before. And I've used this camera, you know, in multiple locations. Yeah. And I would, 
excuse my French, but I was so pissed off. I thought <laughs> this could be like the best catcher that I could ever caught. Uh, and literally every file was corrupted and it would not play. No. And then what I did, I went back to the same camera, filmed it, downloaded it, and I just filmed the kids messing around, re-downloaded it, put it on, and it played absolutely fine. Yeah. And that was, uh, that was a bit of a shocker for us, you know. But have you experienced that as well then with your equipment just going absolutely haywire? We've had that quite a few times. Um, but I think the more, I think, the day that will stick in my mind is the day you went to one. Scott went to three locations in the one night, and he went to a Drossing Castle and filmed it, and it filmed fine, totally fine. He went to Cowan Abbey, and the file was totally corrupted, wouldn't play whatsoever. And then he went to Eglinton Castle after that, and the first footage and the last footage worked out, but the middle footage was totally corrupted. So I was. Back again another night to to win an Abbey just to try it, mm. just walked out, filmed, and again it would not play. Um, that's happened to us, it happened to us at Caldwell. Um, our first investigation with a locked off camera in the corner, nobody was touching it. Um, and we got a lot of activity, you know, we got a lot of, quite a bit of activity every investigation, but. The next day I was looking at the footage of the locked off camera and it cut off after about six and a half, seven minutes. And you know, she was like, are you sure you turned it on? I said, because it's recorded six, seven minutes. And then I started thinking it was around about that time that we started to get activity. Mm. After that kind of, you know, seven, eight like minutes. it was like on the camera and it was like 635 on the phone. That the activity started. Aye, right, so it was really about that time that the activity started. So I started thinking, well, did somebody turn that camera off because they didn't want to be seen? They didn't want to be picked up. Mm -hmm. They had to we were handing the vaults, we'd done the vaults. Um, I was like six different cameras. So six different cameras in the vaults, and none of them turned it at all. None of them. Um, happened at the Ivy House as well, so he's never turned out. And it's true. I know a lot of people might say, oh, you're the dodgy camera, but it's happened too many times, as you guys have experienced as yeah. well. It's it's happened too many times to say it's a faulty camera, you know. Have you had batteries drained and, like, uh, your K2 batteries, you put a brand new one in and it's completely flat? Mm -hmm. after Not so much the, the laser pen was quite, quite a bit. Because we we our old laser pen was bad for it, so we bought a newer kind of high tech military grade, big fancy bloody laser pen, cost a fortune, and we took it out with us four five weeks weekends ago. Aye, and the battery just and the battery one minute it was on and then it went off like that, and then it came back on, and then it went off again. Yeah, th this is one thing that annoys me. We that location we done two weeks ago with 10 batteries. We took 10 batteries with us, um, with three, three cameras out bad. And I charged every single one of the batteries. You know, as you say, man, you did the same. Every one of the batteries were charged fully. Um, I spent two days charging them. We went to the location and they all ran dry within, 
half an hour. And two of them used. were brand new batteries. Two of them were brand new batteries the first time they'd used them. And, you know, people say it was a faulty battery, but you hear far too many reports of teams in the UK, worldwide, and the common thing that they all have is battery drainage. Hmm. You know, you I, I don't care. Somebody comes to me and says, that's a faulty battery. So, well, it's, you know, 80% of the paranormal teams in the world using faulty batteries. Yeah. Did you have a lot of activity that night? Because they usually drain the battery so they've got the energy to communicate. That's what That's we said. The, the night we had the 10 batteries, that was the night we had the swinging doors. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, in, I think it was some kind of old theatre or something, mm-hmm. part of the building. Um, Laura and one of the other girls, they, were, they sat up the back of the road and they says they felt, was it get kicked or something? Aye, the chair that was next to them got kicked. Next to it was with well, these, you know, these chairs that you stand up and it shoots back up. Can I? See the mm. chair we kicked. We heard quite a few. You heard various noises, what have you? Um, one of the other guys and you know, we were in a corridor and we heard a very, very distinct whisper as we walked by this door. Um, I went to pack up all the gear myself. I was myself in the corridor and I heard the same whispering. Um, and so there was quite a bit to be, but it was two separate floors, but there was a, a various things going on in each floor, if that makes sense. Mm. Uh, I think we should prove one. Um, so I, we do tend to get a lot of activity when you get battery. Your battery's doing Caldwell was the same. But just going back on what Sarah was saying about, you know, one of the common factors a lot of people say in the paranormal is, you know, equipment being drained. Do, do you believe it's the spirits draining that to build energy for themselves, or do you think it's spirits just choosing to do it so we can't physically film them? As a wind-up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, as a wind-up. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's just like, do, do you think it could be the spirit? Like, they've got the energy because they're still about, they're still present. You know, for them to be roaming these locations, they must have energy. So do you think it's more they're draining the equipment because they just want to annoy us or they just don't want us to capture them in the moment do you do you think they choose Again, I, I think is i think is both yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. i think you know to me you'll get some spirits that don't know i call them new spirits you know that they've not been passed over that long so they've not learned how to gather energy or you know stuff like that and you know draining bodies probably the best way to do it i would say you know and then you are to say, so you know, they're going to take the mickey. You know, if you get a joker in life, you've got to, there's got to be a joker in the spirit. And you say, I'm going to drain their batteries so that they, they can't catch me, you know, yeah. or, you know, um, I'm just going to do it as a joke because I can, you know. Janet, Janet Bean just made a fair point. She says she plays music. It's also asking them general questions like, would you like a cup of tea or a cigarette or something like that? That gets a reaction too, doesn't it? Your smoky ghost. Well, I, that, I, I don't know if I, I've told you about my smoking ghost, didn't I? No. No, no, please share. Oh, God, do tell. I call it a smoking ghost. It was, it's a, an abandoned power station where we, they, where we live, and they were down there one night. I was down with three or four different people. There's three levels this place. We investigated it a few times and get various results, but there's a staircase in it, and um, we'd been up the stairs 
go very well to say, right, we'll go down the stairs and go to the back end and try there. And we'd go activity on the staircase before, but we happened to stop in the staircase <coughs> and I put a K2 meter down. We stopped for a cigarette, actually. You know, I'm not promoting smoking, but we stopped for a cigarette. And I put the K2 meter down the step. And just by chance, I'd, I'd, I'd a cigarette in my hand. And I'd say, you know, I say, if there's any spirit here that would like a cigarette, make that box go to yellow. And it went to yellow, you know, for that. Wow. I, said, well, I said, if you want a cigarette, make that box go to yellow again. And it went to yellow. So I put the cigarette down on the stairs. And she's right, I'm going to leave this here for you. You know, enjoy. That's yours now. If you're going to say thank you, make that box go to yellow. And it went to yellow. Jeez. Wow. I left this. Some people say, you know, did you leave? I said, hey, I left the cigarette there. Um, not lit, of course. No, not lit. Um, but so I caught the smoke. I didn't know where else to name it. So I caught the smoking ghost. But it was three intelligent responses. <clears throat> in a row, basically, as soon as I asked the question. Um, and, because I mean, let's face it, as we say, we're the same in spirit as we are here, so if you were a smoker or a drinker, you know. Yeah, you like you, a whiskey, you like a pint of beer. Uh, if you like to be drama the, the whiskey, but, you know, in this life, then I dare say you're going to be, you know, on the other side, maybe thinking, oh, I'd love to have a whiskey, or I could go a smoke. You know, yeah. I know some people might think that's nuts, but I, I, I think spirit, I think investigating is a lot more simpler than a lot of people make it out to be. Mm. Yeah. Well, it's even things like trigger objects, you know, toys. can be the yes. key thing, especially old toys, I find, like wooden toys that they mm. would have had, you know, stuff, stuff very simple. And I do agree, you know, equipment's out everywhere for the paranormal, but sometimes, Back to basics, as you were saying earlier on about the kind of investigations you're trying to do. Back to basics sometimes is the best way and just have a camera yeah. roll in, you know, um, and just do, you know, some cool note and sit there and listen. A crucifix on a chalkboard or writing on the chalkboard, close the door and then just holding it up and the door closes, you know, just things like that. It's simple. Or even like getting a, a necklace or and getting it to move the necklace. I, I mean, you can you can get the same answers out of you know a cat ball than you can out of EVPs or an SLS camera. You know, if you say if you're male, <coughs> excuse me, if you're male, make that ball light up and the ball lights up. You say, well, I've got a man here. Do you, you know, know what camera is? Ah, it's a stick thing. SLS is a stick man thing. Yes. Yeah. I'm not technically minded. You know, it's just what? <laughs> What was the most terrifying experience you guys have ever had? Poop your pants moment. Me, it would have to be Canongate Kirk in Edinburgh. I was kneeled down taking pictures of David Ritzel's grave, who was Mary Queen Scott's secretary, and I seen a shadow going right... Well, I was looking at the wall, but the shadow was... As if somebody was walking behind me. Jeez. And I got left after that. I think that's. 
Yeah, I, I don't get so it's going to sound big heavy, but I don't get scared. You know, I do, you know, I'll go down the, the darkest basement myself. I have done it, you know, dark, dark for harm, what have you? Well done, um, I know. It was a word I could never say, but I managed to learn to say it, you know. <laughs> and I'll be doing, I've been doing the basement myself, just sitting there in the pitch black. Um, I would say one time I've been freaked out. No to the point that I'm running and hiding up a tree or anything like that. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, or I'm back in the, in the boot of the car with the doors locked. But You were before Arthur, let's be honest. Do you even know the time I'm talking about? Yes. What? Uh, Loudon. Aye. When we done Caldwell last year, um, I heard what I call the Whispering Lady. Um, it was a... A, a sentence, it was a woman's voice whispering and it was a sentence and it took us ages and ages. It was actually Jim Allen for the... Jim Martin. Jim Martin, sorry, um, for the Spirit Realm Network that worked took with this lady was saying. It's on our TikTok. We've got it on our TikTok because we caught it on camera. And the lady says, is your light better now? Um, and so we were at Loudon Kirk um, about five weeks ago. The Caldwell was running about October time last year. <coughs> we were allowed in Kirk about five, six weeks ago and uh, we're doing the blind spirit box and I was standing blindfold and headphones on just listening and I heard the same voice, same woman, same sentence. Is your light better now? Mm. Just wow. and I, I ripped the blindfold and the headphones off. And I say to the guy, I say, right, I'm done. You know, <laughs> you know, I wasn't I was I wasn't scared of nothing. It was just one of the did I just hear that? Yeah. Yeah. Shock. I think and what creepy was we we were talking about it before you started the experiment. I we've been talking about prior to that, you know, things we picked up and experienced and um and then I heard that, you know, as you, if you go on your TikTok, you, you hear it. It's one of the same, the third video on TikTok. Um, she's, is your light better now? Oh. And that was. I'll have to have a look, have to get that up, wouldn't Yeah, And I, I couldn't explain it. It was just one of these freaked out moments. We still carried on the investigation, but it took me, I had to go and light up the old cigarette and what I've been just kind of, you know, Caught just. You off guard. You know, about, you know, you're thinking back on it, did I hear, I did hear her, I, I know I heard her. Um, did she follow me for Caldwell? I'm not saying yes, but I can't explain it. But the, the girls have had a couple of freaked out moments with bats and pigeons. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, there's, one, there's one particular castle that we, that we go to, we've not been for a while actually, we need to go back, but it sits right on the water. Sits hmm. right, and we were sat there. We were talking away, and it kept coming through on the spirit box. Turn round. That's all kept coming through for a good five minutes. Was turn round, and we we're like, no, we're not turning round, so you can scare us. No, no, no. And then it came through, turn round again. So it just so happened that we turned round at that moment, and then a pigeon flew from one side of the castle roof to the other. They get you like that, don't they? They do. You all can know. Jeez. But, 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 oh, it was quite funny. 
Raindrops kind of seem to scare us quite a bit. I use them, not me. You know I'm scared of rain. Um, that night we were at Alcohar at Halloween. And we were in that wee... Tower, the old tower. Uh-huh. And it started raining. And then, like, it was getting quite heavy. And the rain was... The way the rain was hitting off the stone where we were sitting, it sounded like something else. Oh. Um, we spent to investigate Aye. You see, that's the thing. A lot of natural sounds, and they do sound, and this is the trouble as we were saying earlier on, about people making up evidence, faking evidence, you know, they jump in the back of the paranormal wagon. You know, yeah. everything to them will be paranormal. Yeah. You know, you've no doubt you guys have experienced it as well, maybe at events. Oh, yeah. You know, I think the other thing that, you, that people need to also bear in mind, you know, things do happen. I do agree. But with sounds in particular as well, you know, if you have something that's made a big sound, like something like a few hundred yards away from you, the tra the sound travels. Mm -hmm. And as the sound travels, it changes the sound, mm -hmm. you know. And I think people are too quick to sometimes jump and say that's definitely paranormal, mm -hmm. where for me, I'll be like more open and try and think about what could that mean something else or, you know, Maybe because I'm the one in the team that gets scared of everything. Yeah. You know, if I'm honest, I'm the one that's sort of like, you know, we were investigating a place called Douglas. Remember, we did a yeah. sleepover. I think it was like, um, was it in like a naval base or yeah, something was, like that? Yeah. And we were walking through build these buildings that had multiple buildings. And we're walking on the um, along one floor. And as I walked past, I saw a person stood in one of the rooms. And I completely shat myself. To find out it was only a bloody mannequin. <laughs> it was a mannequin that had just been left. And I was like, that's it, I'm gone, I'm done, I'm done. Oh, um, but it, it does it, but the thing is doing this sort of thing, it does play with yeah. your mind, doesn't it? Do you, do you know what I mean? Like sometimes nothing paranormal is going on, but because you've got yourself all worked up and you're thinking about everything that's going on, the location, the history, do you think sometimes your mind plays tricks on you and makes you think that you are seeing things and hearing things? I, I know, I know, hundred percent. You know, as you see, because if you're sitting, you know, like you take Greyfriars for instance, you know, you could be sitting in Greyfriars at three in the morning, which we've done, um, and it's pitch black. You can't even see your hand in front of you, and hearing these all different noises, you know, you're sitting on, you know, because obviously, you know, Greyfriars is just a mound of bodies, basically. The whole yeah. thing is just bodies. Um, you're sitting on a, a hill of bodies. You know about these stories, you know, the, the stories, that are, the reputation it's got. So the, I, all these things get into your head and they start going round and round. I'm, it sounds back here, it's not meant to be. That does the freak me out because, you know, because we've done in Grey Friars and so we don't kind of know Grey Friars inside out. But I think for other people who are kind of maybe new in the paranormal, yeah. it would absolutely freak them out. If they heard maybe it could be a fox, you know. I don't know if you've ever heard a fox screeching. Yeah, yeah we're getting around here. Oh, yes. That's the day off, you know, they're calling the police and everything. Um, but it does, affect, you know, it does because you, you're in that kind of mind frame that you've got to you're, 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 out, you're, 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 you're you know, looking for spirit, hoping for something to happen. And you're kind of looking about, and you know you're, you know, you know, you know, you know like you've been here yourself, obviously. The adrenaline gets going, doesn't uh, it? 
but it's it, you got to walk into especially when you've been to a place a few times you can just go in calm and just listen sometimes the best evidence is just to sit in the dark and listen isn't it and mm -hmm. call out yeah I, um, you were saying about new new people going into the paranormal new investigators as people have done this for quite a while now what sort of advice would you give someone that's stepping into that wants to join if they come to you and say hi scott sarah I want to be an investigator. What kind of advice would you give them? Sarah, do you want to answer that one first? Don't do it. No, get on. <laughs> <laughs> That's the easiest answer. Don't do it. Go home. Uh, I don't know. Try and think rationally and yeah. not jump to the conclusion that it's paranormal. Mm -hmm. Got it. That's my words of wisdom. That's nice, sweet and simple, Sarah. I like yeah, it. I like sweet and simple. What and about you, Scott? Big, long, complicated answer. <laughs> no, I'm not going to get a big, long, complicated spiel. You know. Um, every community, you can obviously just take your time. Mm. You know, go at your own pace. Follow your own instinct, your own gut feelings. If you're going to watch anybody on YouTube, watch, no offense to the bigger ones, watch the, the smaller teams. Look for smaller teams, yeah. your teams that are learning as well. You know, yeah. watch them and learn along with them rather than watch these bigger teams that have been doing it for years and, you know, the guys say, we're doing this, we're doing that, and blah, 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 because you know yourself, that's not how it's done. So watch, look for smaller channels and your channels and watch them. Just means respect and I above all just enjoy it. Yeah. In your own piece. And with that question, for a new investigator, what pieces of equipment would you say the most important for them to start using straight away? A torch, a camera, and your brain. A torch, a camera, and their own senses. Go to a graveyard. I know I keep saying a graveyard, could be a kick. Go somewhere. And just sit with a torch, a camera, and just see how you feel. You wouldn't be very good at quick fire questions, you would, Jenny. You always get. We're going to go down to our, our last few questions now, but I do want to ask you one. Um, anywhere in the world to investigate, where would you like to go, you guys? If you could investigate anywhere, the Winchester House. Yeah. That's my one hundred percent top list. I would go there. What about you? And one word, if possible. <laughs> yeah, I see, I've got two, but I've got two of the eight that are the same. Okay. And I wouldn't know which. I've got Alcatraz and I've got Grayson. Oh, Alcatraz. Oh. That, that would be one, wouldn't it? Alcatraz. And, Gra and Graceland was that? Graceland. Yeah, that would be awesome. See, so the two of them, you know, Grace, I think Graceland would tip. I think Graceland would win. I would say Graceland. Yeah, that's going to have to go on the hit list, isn't it? Well, I don't right. know if you can get in there, really. And maybe you could sneak a K2 in or Catball. Right. You can do a tour in Graceland, can't you? But I don't know if you could. Right. I know some people may find that this is because I've been a major Elvis fan for 40 odd years now. And um, I think it's every Elvis's fans question is, is he still there? You know, yeah. because we believe that Elvis would probably has that's the one place that was his happy place. You know, mm -hmm. that's always felt safe and he could do anything, he could just be himself there. So 
I if he was going to be anywhere, it'd be in Graceland. So I would say Graceland. Yeah. I think as long as you do it respectfully, I think mm -hmm. any place that you go and you know, it's just a way to see if you communicate with them. I think as long as it's done respectfully, it could be a cameras and you know, doing it as a live and all that. Just messing with myself, just getting on myself. It's the one on one basis. I just like in a one on one. No cameras, no recording, just to sit there and just you know, try and find out that way. Oh, um, Benny Hill's buried in Southampton. And why Nanda was going for a hospital appointment once. I went there with the K2, played Ernie, the fastest milkman in the West, and put my EVP on and did some calling out. Are you there, Benny? But nothing. No, you must have had Benny Hill was that. You don't know who Benny Hill was. Yeah. Is he the one that was in. Um, He's big in America. Uh, yeah. Benny Hill. Was he in Chitty Chitty Bamba? Chitty Chitty Bamba, yeah. And that tune. The wee old baldy guy running the boot in the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that him? Oh, yeah. I think I don't know. I don't know. I think it was Benny Hill. That's where that originates. Slap me the head. Yeah. He's done every episode of his programme. Nando looks a bit confused there. He's yeah, younger. I don't, I think younger than us, Scott. I, I remember I think, Benny I think that's my, my youth show. And yeah. like, I'm... Yeah. Oh. You'll see him the wee... The wee old guy, I always felt sorry for him because he always gets slapped in the head every yeah, single time. Yeah. That's brilliant. Scott, Sarah, very last question, if I may. So you're hosting a dinner party and you can invite five guests, um, either dead or alive. Who would you have at your dinner party? Oh, yeah, I don't know. Scott's yeah. having a good thing about yeah. it. We can cut it down to three if it's too too much to think about. Yeah. Uh, Thomas Potts. Thomas Potts. Henry the Eighth. Oh. Henry. Henry the Eighth. Um. Cardinal Wolseley. Elvis. Oh, Bob he's gone out yeah. Elvis. Wolseley, Elvis. That's four. Um, I think. I think that's about it. Yeah. Roger, Roger knows as well. Well, that'd be an interesting so, dinner party, wouldn't that'd it? Be quite a mix, there, yeah. yeah. What about you, Sarah? Have you got any thoughts who you would have? Mine's would be Mary Queen of Scots. <gasps> wow. Chester. I don't know. I don't know if I've I don't know. I don't know if I thought. <laughs> well, it's a good mix there. Yeah. With, with with your one, Scott. Um, Henry the Eighth. Why Henry the Eighth? I I just think Henry the Eighth. You know, no disrespect to any of the other monarchs. I just think Henry the Eighth is probably one of the most famous monarchs mm. in British history. Um, I know there. a lot of people. Are <laughs> uh, you Mary Queen of Scots? When you look at what Henry done for, for Britain and what have you, you know, way, way back then, how controversial yeah. he was, I think you'd be interesting to to sit and, you know, talk to him. And, and the thing, I mean, we've done a lot of the Tudors, and the thing is, Henry Ray was always betrayed, you know, after his accident as a tyrant 
and Anne Bellini wanted up dead and all the rest of it. Um, I'd like to actually sit, because there is evidence to show that after the execution, he did actually regret what he'd done, you know, okay. signing the death warrant and what have you. And he realised that he'd been more or less set up by members of the Privy Council, Wills and what have you. And I'd like to sit down and ask him, you know, what what went through your head yeah. after Anne's execution when you realised it was too late? Yeah. To you know, there was no way back. You'd executed an innocent woman, basically. Um. So I think that's why I just say he was a really, really interesting guy. Um. It'd be nice I, to go back in time and and actually speak to these people, wouldn't it? And find out their story. Aye, and you know, I mean, get like, some answers to some questions. Thomas Potts, he was uh, the the author of the, the the only book in existence of the record of the Pendle Witch Trials in sixteen twelve was Thomas Potts that wrote it because he was there at the trials. Um, yeah. You know, your sort of clerk or whatever I don't know what the word is these days, recording the trial and everything. I'd love to sit down with him and find out exactly how. Little Alice was manipulated by Roger Knowles, the magistrate. Hmm. That was brilliant. Yeah. Well, um, you know, I've got one final question to really end this for you guys. You know, you guys are doing amazing, you know, with, you know, tying in the paranormal with history a lot on your podcast. You know, what you guys got coming up that everyone can go to your page and look, have you got investigations coming up that people can check you guys out on? And Um... Quite, you want to, you want to say, it, say, say I talk too much? No, you can say <laughs> She tells me I talk too much and then says, no, you say it. Well, you know, where's, where's the sense? Um, I, uh, we're, we're, right now, <laughs> I'll start again. We're, we're working on the Wallace Trail just now. Um, yeah. The Society of William Wallace. So we're planning that now. That's getting filmed in October. That should be finished by hopefully November. So we'll get that. Um, the 29th of October, we're doing a, a water investigation on the 4th of 4th. The 4th of quite, sorry. Um, we're doing that. Um, we have Nighthawk Paranormal and the Silent Hunter. They're coming up to Edinburgh. Uh, the 8th and 9th of October, we're investigating with them. And then later on, the month, Charlie Knox are coming up. Um, to Edinburgh as well, um, so we're meeting up with him. We'll get some collaborations coming up with Spig um, over the next couple of months. We're going to be returning to some of the locations that we've done with them to see if we get the same evidence as we did before and mm. we can build on it. So we've got quite a few uh, things in the bag. We have cut down, we did do a lot of lies, but we've cut down on our lies to let us concentrate on the Wallace Trail. Mm. Yeah. Because that's going to take us you know quite a bit of time uh, putting together. So and that's um, we've got a Halloween special as well, obviously. I was going to say Christmas. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, it's around the corner. It's not not long away. Yeah. And you've been doing some wicked TikToks as well. I've been watching you today and doing liking them all. Yeah. Well you've got I've, us all up the high door. Up to high door, is that right? I up to high to door. What's that that mean? means the rest of it. No, you got us all worked up. That's what it said on YouTube. Worked <laughs> up. 
Aye, what? Dress, you know. I like doing it. I like recently learned to do them. You'll never master the Scottish language. Means originally means Scott are for what, like 15 miles apart. something down here where I'm originally from in Ayrshire that means totally different than what it means in Glasgow. Oh, it does. It does. You know, um, for, I mean, like if you say in Ayrshire, a shot in the swings, it means, you know, what it's swing part. If you say in Glasgow, you get a shot in the swings, it means something totally that I'm not going to speak. You can get a general idea of what it means. You know, did you get a shot in the swings last night? Do you want yeah. to sing, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been yeah. trying to pull me arms and everything. I've been holding my abs. I'm trying to relate stuff. She, she, she tries, but... Um... Is that you? Uh, no, you know, you say her Jewish, she does. She's, um, she's, she's coming on, she's learning Scottish. Yeah. And she does put it, she does really try hard. And you're, you're a wee star. You really are a wee star. That's what coming up. Um, yeah. So we've got a, a couple of busy months ahead. Yeah. And for the guys that are watching now and on playback, you know, go and check out um, Scott, Sarah, Paranormal in History. Yeah. You know, they they're always putting contents on there. They have a lot of guests on their podcast mm -hmm. as well. Yeah. Um, and also check them out on TikTok. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of content that you can see what they do and, and some of the evidence that they pick yeah. up, you know. So, it's, you know, absolutely brilliant to be able to talk to you guys and find out more about the Scottish history. And for yeah. me, you know, about the Loch Ness. I was it's been a real honour having you guys. You know, I could listen to you. Thank you. Thank you. It's been a pleasure for us. And it's been a long time coming. Yes, it is. I was saying, Sarah, we need to get Scott on. We, you know, she's been on your podcast before. Let's get Scott and get, you know, people yeah. to know Scott and everything, you know, and Sarah as well. It's been lovely having you on as well, Sarah. Can we come up to Scotland one time? Can we meet up and have a, a whiskey and an iron brew or have a little little trot around? Close the sights. See, see, did you see a whiskey and iron brew? Yeah, I like that. Or oh, I like it with ginger. See, see whiskey and iron brew again. And I am brew. Of course, you can. You're welcome up here anytime. I, I think that that is a collaboration that that uh -huh. would work. You know, it would. it'll be, you know, to from Southampton as well. I think Good. that I think that'll be that'll be yeah. fun as well. Some of the locations, you know, that we've seen you guys do, you know, on your TikToks and everything. I, I would love it. Be a fun thing to do. And me and you, Scott, go and sit by. You know, see if we can see the Loch Ness and. Take a bottle of whiskey bit, with us. It's far from where they yeah. are. Hey, still up for it. Yeah. A little road trip. That's the thing. See, I love driving. I'll, I'll drive and drive. You know, just. He'll say to us, like, he'll say to me in the way on a, a Sunday, do you want to go a drive? And I'm like, right, fine. And then we'll start like eight, eight hours later, 250 miles away. And you're like, Scott, I'm on the bed. Driving back in general. We went to. <clears throat> a couple of weeks ago, we went to uh, Inverary on Sunday. The weather wasn't great, you know, and we're sitting in Inverary, and I thought, do you want to go to Oban? We'll go to Oban. So we ended up burgering off the Oban. It was about another 60 mile up the road or something. And um, then we came back the long way, you know. It's, I've, I've, just, I've always loved driving and 
you know, especially driving around Scotland, Walt Ness and, you know, Fort William, um, John Madrock, all they kind of places, you, you can't beat it. It's a beautiful you can't, place. You cannot beat it. You cannot beat it. That was a no. Scotland, I can't beat it. But we'll name you two on our show. Well, that's something that we can have a chat about. Yeah. And, you know, we could definitely make that happen. But, um, guys, thank you so much for thank taking you. the time out this evening. Um, sharing your stories, you know, sharing your experience has been great. Awesome. Um, sorry for every Scottish person that's watching that. Sarah I'm ruined trying. your accent completely. I'm trying. I'm trying to relate. But she's trying, bless her. I am trying. She'll get it right I'm eventually. <laughs> but we'll let you get on with the evening. And, you know, yeah. thank you everyone for watching. Again, <coughs> you know, we appreciate everyone's support following us. Go and follow yeah. um, Paranormal in History as well. Give them a follow. You know, it's some cracking podcasts and stuff. But we'll say bye to everyone and thank you very much. Ciao for now. We'll see you guys later. Bye. Take care, everyone. Bye. 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 Brilliant. So absolutely fantastic um, chat with Scott and Sarah from Paranormal and History. Um, again, thank you, everyone, for watching. And if you're going to watch on um, playback, please do. Um, events for us, we will be heading to Bresden and Brickworks on Saturday. Yeah. You know, so if there's anyone local that wants to join, you know, go on our website. There's still tickets available. And then we've got the 24th of September where we'll be heading to Oxford Castle and Prison. That's a sleepover. And that's a sleepover. Yeah. Um, and again, I think there's tickets left on that as well. So if anyone wants to join us for an investigation, please do. But again, thank you for watching and enjoy the rest of your evening wherever you are. Bye. Bye.